0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saravan, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a thief who was recognised on CCTV footage during his latest robbery due to his star turn on Britain's dumbest criminals for the one before that a drug-dealing escort who was caught trafficking meth and ecstasy after using fake police lights to get to a court appearance on time, and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Jamie Sharp is renowned in Britain for being a prolific car thief and a terrible driver. He reached national infamy after being featured on the TV show Britain's Dumbest Criminals. In that incident, he stole a Porsche made a video boasting about how he was so cool he was driving a Porsche, and then he crashed the Porsche into a wall and got stuck inside it. (laughs) He's a world's dumbest criminals MVP. Let's get to know him a little bit better. According to the Gloucester Review, his remarkable journey to dumbest criminals status was solidified on January eleventh, 2015. That was the night 25-year-old Jamie and his mate, 26-year-old James Honeywell, broke into the home of engineer David Smith in Gloucester while he was sleeping. They stole his wallet, phone, watch, a 42-inch TV and the keys to his Porsche Boxster. They then took off with the stolen goods in the Porsche, with Jamie driving and making his smug, boastful video. I'm gonna play the audio of that for you now, thanks to the Daily Mail. I assure you, it's majestic as fuck.
1: Hey, you little c. I'm in a Porsche boxer now. Hey, look, hear the revs. I'm in a Porsche boxer. Anyway, yeah, I'm driving this my friend's car, innit? But I've just picked up a teddy, it. Hey, babe, do you like the Porsche that I'm driving right now? Huh? You like that Porsche? Keys obviously on the driver look it's mine babe obviously come on got links you know me
0: law enforcement must be so happy when the criminal does all the work gathering evidence on themselves <laughs> oh god I love how he says it's his friend's car, but then 30 seconds later he says, It's mine, babe. Obviously. Come on. I've got links. (laughs) Anyway, we're all very impressed. Shortly after the video was recorded, Jamie lost control of the 40,000-pound sports car, crashed into a garden wall, and totaled it. After the collision, he was unconscious and trapped in the wreckage. His little mate James was able to free himself, but rather than try to help his friend out, he took some of the spoils of the robbery and scampered off. Witnesses advised him to stay and wait for the ambulance and the police to arrive, but he was like, fuck no. Jamie had to be pulled from the wrecked vehicle by emergency services. When he came to, he was arrested. The police later went to arrest James at his place and found some of the items stolen during the burglary there. Our genius chum Jamie Sharp pleaded guilty to burglary, aggravated vehicle taking, driving whilst disqualified, drink driving, and driving without insurance. During sentencing, Judge Jamie Tabor said, His boasting of his prowess during the course of this driving in the Porsche Boxster is an extremely unpleasant aggravating feature of the case. I'm gonna have to disagree, Your Honour. I think it's fucking hilarious. Jamie was jailed for four years and disqualified from driving for three years. His little mate James Honeywell's defence tried to put all the blame on Jamie. They said he was the leader and James had fallen under his influence. Well, we do know he's a powerful public speaker, if that video he made is anything to go on. Poor, sweet, innocent James led astray by a bad influence. The only problem with this was his long history of offending. Several years earlier, the blog Trooper UK named him Britain's worst teenage thug. They stated that he terrorised Lisa's housing estate in Gloucester for six years, committing more than 400 incidents of antisocial behaviour, including drug offences, burglary, racist insults, throwing stones at houses, hammering on windows and doors, egg throwing and overturning bins. In June 2005, at the age of 16, he was handed a five-year court order in an effort to prevent his reign of terror. He was even banned from entering Gloucester, but that didn't stop him going there and being a shithead nightmare, stealing cars and crashing them into other cars. In 2008, he fronted court on charges of burglary, aggravated vehicle taking, breach of an ASBO, driving while disqualified, and driving without insurance. During his sentencing in that case, Judge Mark Horton said, You are a young man with an appalling record which reflects not only your lack of self-control, but a lack of desire for self-control. You have become, at 19, one of those young men who have made yourself a person from whom the public must be protected. You are out of control. He sentenced James to two years in jail. His mother said, I am fuming about this sentence. I guess she didn't think he deserved jail time for being a raging ingrown ass-hair for several years. But yeah, it was the bad influence of charismatic leader Jamie that got him in trouble. Never mind the fact Jamie probably can't tell his ass from his elbow. The judge in the Porsche case didn't fall for this bullshit excuse either. He jailed James for 35 months and he was also disqualified from driving for 29 months – no driving in jail for James. Yeah, no, I know. They get out in half the time if they're good little boys. James was given a further 14 days imprisonment for failing to show up at court for sentencing. I wonder whose fault that was. Certainly not sweet, innocent baby James's. But let's go back to our mesmerising leader, Jamie. Two years after being sentenced to four years jail in the Porsche incident, hollow-headed numbnuts Jamie was back on the streets and up to his old tricks. He broke into single mother Porsche Shipway's home near Gloucester while she and her four children were sleeping. He stole a number of items, including her car and her disabled son's medication. Jamie probably thought they were pingers. I'm just surprised he didn't make a video boasting about it. This container of pingers
1: mind bait obviously come on got links you know me
0: portia told the media that she'd heard her dog barking during the night but not loud enough for her to think much of it though in hindsight she believes that's when the robbery was taking place when she came downstairs at 7am she saw the front door was ajar and realized something had happened At first she was in a panic because she thought that one of her kids had sleepwalked out of the house, but it turned out all her children were fine. Fortunately, Portia's neighbour had a CCTV camera that covered her house. They found there were clear images of Jamie on the footage from the night of the robbery. Portia posted the pictures onto Facebook in the hope someone would recognise him, and recognise him they did. She received a ton of messages from people who knew Jamie from his star turn on Britain's dumbest criminals. Even his own mother contacted the police to tell them that it was him. By the time this case went to court, Jamie had already been recalled to prison for breach of his parole because of course he had. He pleaded guilty to burglary, car theft and driving while banned and was jailed for four years and four months. Something positive... Maybe Jamie's driving is improving. Porsche's car was reportedly found parked in Stroud, not smashed into something for a change. Back in May 2013, Jamie stole an Audi A4 from a house he burgled. His terrible and probably drunk driving caught the attention of the police and a high-speed chase through Oxford City Centre ensued, including four police cars and a helicopter. In that case, he was arrested after a police stinger punctured a tyre and he crashed into a bollard. So yeah, maybe he's improved a bit with his drunk driving. Getting better at it. <laughs> he's got links. 15 officers requesting two units ahead of him to stop the vehicle. Air 12 advises is southbound now approaching the Santa Monica Freeway. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. On May 26,
0: 2016, Ebony Holland Harris was running late for an appearance at the Adelaide Magistrates Court. The 31-year-old needed to get there in a hurry. As public transport was unreliable and traffic could be a total bitch, she came up with a novel way to try to make it to court on time. She got her mate Benjamin Stacy to give her a lift. You see, Ben had fake police lights installed in his car so he could pretend to be a cop and avoid traffic whenever he pleased. At least that's how it worked in theory. In practice, well, things did not go so smoothly. The real police saw Ben's fake police car speeding down Main North Road in Enfield with its red and blue emergency lights flashing. Realising this was not a sanctioned police activity, they pulled the blue Kia sedan over. While the cop was speaking to Ben and Ebony in the front seat of the car, he noticed a samurai sword sticking out from the boot through the back seat centrefold. He decided that fake cops who were in possession of a big fuck-off samurai sword may be up to no good and searched the vehicle. The search yielded 12.35 grams of MDMA and 5.34 grams of meth in bags Ebony was carrying. Why she decided it was a good idea to take such a vast quantity of drugs to court with her is anybody's guess. Would you like a bump, Your Honour? The cops also seized the big fuck-off samurai sword, a loaded air rifle, some tools that turned out to be stolen, and $4,760 in cash. The cops also seized the big fuck-off samurai sword, a loaded air rifle, some tools that turned out to be stolen, and $4,760 in cash. Ben and Ebony were of course arrested, meaning she did not get to court on time. Not this time anyway, but clearly she was going to have more opportunities to do so. When the police searched Ebony's house, they found 48.5 grams of ecstasy and another 9.28 grams of meth. Even more damning than the drugs was a paper notebook they uncovered labelled debts. The notebook had names and a number of references to drugs listed in it a police declaration stated that the format and entries of the notebook were consistent with a drug dealer's tick list. The Daily Mail reported it also listed items such as jewellery, watches, tablets, phones and laptops, and weapons including tasers, which drug users had given her in lieu of money for the drugs they'd bought off her. It was like a little record of a pawn shop in her pocket, and the amount she was owed exceeded $50,000. Ebony claimed it was merely a record of loans she'd made to friends because she was some kind of walking bank, even though she was claiming unemployment benefits. The judge in this case, Simon Stretton, was entirely unconvinced. He stated, "...the potential inference is that you took these items for payment or somehow on account in some way for the drugs." Trafficking drugs such as these are a blight on our community and cause carnage in our society. They wreck lives, destroy families, and they are the root of much-related crime. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how he talks. Ebony claimed the cash found in the car was from Pokey's winnings, her work as an escort, and the unemployment benefits she was receiving. But the judge did not buy that for one second. He told Ebony, You were vague, evasive, and regrettably at the end of the day, the court cannot accept your evidence as to the legitimate sources of those funds as even a reasonable possibility. The quantities, the tick lists, and the cash indicate that you are undertaking a substantial street-level trafficking operation with a view to profit. Judge Stretton sentenced Ebony to more than three years in jail with a non-parole period of 18 months. But hey, at least she wasn't tardy for her court appearance this time. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In May 2018, four thieves pinched a car from Hout Bay in South Africa. The owner had reported the car stolen and a bolo was put out to officers in the area. When a patrol car caught sight of the stolen vehicle, a high-speed chase ensued. What happened next was very unexpected and criminally stupid indeed. In an effort to escape the police, the thieves drove straight onto the grounds of Cape Town's notorious Polesmoor Prison, which houses some of South Africa's most dangerous criminals. City Police spokesperson Wayne Dyson told the media, The suspects were chased by police and drove straight to the Westlake entrance of the prison, which is used for visitors and the prison wardens who live on the property. They got out and ran into the grounds of the prison where they were arrested. News 24 reported that it was found that the car thieves had around 35 cases of murder, attempted murder, theft and possession of illegal firearms pending against them. So maybe they were just driving to what was going to become their new home for at least the next several years. In June 2010, a woman in Calgary, Canada called the police to report a burglary at her home. Indian-born Constable Charanjit Meharu was sent to the scene to investigate. He took the woman's statement about what had been stolen, and she showed him a broken window where the burglar had apparently gained entry to the house. In the middle of proceedings, her father phoned her. She spoke to him in French about what was happening and explained that she had staged the robbery herself so she could make a bogus insurance claim on the items she said were missing. When she finished the call, Officer Maharu said, Merci beaucoup, which means, thank you so much in French. Then he arrested the stunned woman for faking the robbery and filing a false police report. Afterwards, Maharu, who speaks seven languages, explained the incident to his colleagues and told them, she didn't expect a brown guy to speak French. <laughs> Ooh, she's not going to make that mistake again.
1: 65 out of 10 4, I'm about 10 minutes away.
0: 27-year-old New Yorker Steve Cho was waiting for a flight to South Korea from Phuket International Airport in January 2018 when he had a rather bizarre meltdown. He stripped naked in front of everyone in the departures hall before scampering through the airport, throwing his feces at staff and other travellers. Yelling incoherently, he rampaged through the airport shops, destroying their merchandise and freaking everyone out. A witness told the media, This was the scariest and most disgusting thing I ever saw at an airport. I stayed away from the man in case he attacked anybody. It took six security guards and several members of the airport staff to chase down and subdue the naked man. During police questioning after his arrest, Steve told the cops he'd lost control of himself after taking too many sex drugs. (laughs) Why would anyone choose to heavily dose themselves with Viagra before going to the airport? Was he expecting some kind of marathon orgy to break out in the departure lounge? Or perhaps he was planning on masturbating for the entire nine-and-a-half-hour flight. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks so much to Caliph Bob One, No No No, Old Top 67 and NC Web Girl from the USA. West Coast Kerr, It's a blur, and Brendan Tasmania from Australia, Brian the Frog 1248, and Crazy Catwoman from Great Britain. I put a call out for reviews in my Facebook group because I was getting sick of seeing a pissy one that had been the most recent for months, and all of the lovely people I just named came through for me and wrote me some nice ones, so thank you so much, everybody. You are bloody legends. There won't be a regular episode next week, but I will be releasing a patron episode. If you'd like to support the show, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes, ad free episodes and higher levels also receive a variety of merchandise. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you can join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WD criminals Pod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my friend Andrew's unusual and fascinating true crime podcast, Unforbidden Truth. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble. And whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Do you like the Porsche
1: that drive it right now, huh? You like that Porsche?
0: My name is Andrew Dodge. I've spent the last 11 years getting to know some of America's most infamous criminals, such as serial killers, spree killers, mass murderers, gangsters, mobsters, and many more criminals. Unforbidden Truth will bring you interviews with not only these individuals, but also mental health professionals, survivors of violent crime, and professionals in other fields related to crime. This is the only place you will hear the murderers tell their own stories from their own mouths, uncut, unraw, which is the Unforbidden Truth.